now, broadcasting from behind enemy lines, deep in the trenches of the Patriot resistance, leading the charge in the battle for liberty, this is the Jason Veeley Program. All right, hello and welcome to the Jason Veeley Program. This is Jason Veeley. Thanks for tuning in. The email address, the Jason Veeley Program at gmail.com, or give us a call and leave a voicemail, 860-266-2852. I apologize for not being on the air yesterday, folks. Just had a very, very busy day. My uh, fiance actually graduated from nursing school, so here's her shout-out. Big props to her. It's a uh, very, very difficult two years for her um, in, in this program, but she did it, and she passed, and... Uh, and uh, she's good to go. So uh, I, I attended her graduation yesterday. Uh, her parents came up to Connecticut from Georgia for for the ceremony and a little party. And it was just a very, very nice day. So that's the reason why I was not on the air yesterday. I originally intended on getting someone to cover for me. Um, that didn't pan out. So um, my apologies. But here I am uh, today. Happy Thursday. So liberals keep... Uh, wanting to talk about the January 6th uh, riots at the Capitol. So we're going to talk about it a little bit here tonight because I want to I set some things straight. Um, and, and the reason I want to talk about this, by the way, is because they're trying to pass what they're calling the Capitol Riot Commission, or HR 3233. I'll tell you a little bit more about it in just a few minutes. But they're trying to pass this, this legislation um, – as far as I understand, it did pass the House, um, has kind of an uphill battle in the Senate, but it's just the, the premise of uh, this this legislation is just absurd, just completely ridiculous. But before I get into that, let me set the record straight on a few things regarding the January 6th uh, storming of the Capitol. Number one, this should never have happened. I'm going to start with that, okay? This should never have happened shouldn't have taken place. The people who stormed the Capitol uh, and and were fighting against uh, guards and police officers, um, they they were way out of line. There's no justification for that. I'm not going to sit here and try to make excuses for them. Um, some Republicans might do that. I don't do that. I think it was completely unjustified. Um, gave us a bad look, 100%. Never should have happened. Never should have happened. And Donald Trump would agree with me, by the way. That's why after this, uh, or, or I'm sorry, while this was occurring on January 6th of this year, Donald Trump addressed these people and said, go home, leave, don't do this. I know liberals try to, you know, block that out, that Donald Trump actually tried to, to put an end to it. They don't like, you know, being reminded of this, but Donald Trump did. He tried to put an end to it. Because it never should have happened. That's number one. Number two, Donald Trump did not encourage this. What happened on January 6th of this year had nothing to do with Donald Trump. Now, liberals will point to some sound bites from a speech that Donald Trump made on that same day talking about election fraud or, um, you know, questioning the, the integrity of our election system. That's all well and good. They can point to these audio clips, these sound bites, all they want. 
but it's not it, it they can't connect Donald Trump to what took place uh, at the Capitol. Donald Trump didn't tell these people to storm the Capitol. Donald Trump didn't tell these people to to break down barriers, to jump over fences and so on and so forth, to climb up walls, to act like animals, because honestly, that's what they were doing. Donald Trump didn't encourage any of this. He didn't encourage a damn thing. Liberals desperately, desperately want to link Donald Trump to this. And in many cases, they've succeeded, right? That's why Donald Trump still isn't back on Twitter. Because they're afraid that he'll incite more violence. Okay, so that's number two. I'm just trying to dispel the myth that Donald Trump incited violence, incited or encouraged what took place on January 6th. It's not true. Just because he questioned the integrity of of the election, just because he talked about fraud and fighting to get our country back, that doesn't mean that he was encouraging what took place. That's number two. And number three, and I think this is very important too, for all of us to remember, because unfortunately what took place on January 6th, um, the, uh, of course the riots that took place, the storming of the Capitol, that gets most of the attention, right? When, when people think about January 6th, 2021, they think of the storming of the Capitol. But I want to remind you all that there were tens of thousands of patriotic, lawful Americans. Lawful Americans protesting that day. They all showed up to protest what they felt was a scam, a fraud, a a, a fraudulent election. And they showed up and they were waving American flags, they were waving Trump flags, they loved their president, and they were peaceful. They were good, law-abiding Americans. And that is that to me is extremely significant, right? Because liberals go on and on about the big lie. Oh my God, it's a conspiracy theory that you know there was there was fraud in this election. Tens of thousands, millions of Americans agree with the president. Agree would agree with what I'm saying right now that this election was not legitimate. So that's number three. I just want to remind you all that this was a majority, a a, a peaceful protest. So now, back to the Capitol Riot Commission, as they're calling it, or H.R. 3233. What this does, folks, is it creates a 9-11-style commission to investigate and report on the January 6th storming of the Capitol. It did pass the House, uh, and it's heading over to the Senate now where it needs 60 votes to pass, meaning 10 Republicans have to join with Democrats in order to get this thing passed. But I, I think that there's something deeper going on here. I think that there's more to this uh, January 6th commission than simply looking into violence uh, against elected officials or you know, investigating what happened on January 6th. By the way, this has already been investigated. There already are investigations going on. And and dozens of arrests have been made. I don't know if you know that, but investigations have been taking place onto what happened, uh, into what happened on January 6th. Arrests have been made. Justice has been served. And so why liberals 
now want to go even further and introduce H.R. 3233, which again would establish a 9-11 style commission to further investigate the, the, uh, the, the storming of the Capitol. Uh, it's beyond me. It's beyond me. I have some theories, actually, but I'm going to get into that in just one minute. I want to go back. I know I'm kind of jumping around here, but I, I, I want to go back to 2017. In 2017, I want to remind you of something. I know that I have a lot of younger people in, in the audience who, um, you know, are just getting involved in politics um, and, and haven't been, you know, maybe following the news for, for several years. So I wouldn't be surprised to hear that many people in the audience people in the audience might not uh, know about this. This is from the New York Post, reporting on June 14th, uh, 2017. An anti-Trump zealot opened fire on the congressional GOP baseball team's practice Wednesday morning, hitting whip Steve Scalise and three others before he was killed by cops. This is in 2017. James Hodgkinson, 66, showed up to the Eugene Simpson, uh, Simpson Stadium Park in Alexandria, Virginia at around 7 a.m. and asked Re- uh, Representative Jeff Duncan of South Carolina whether Democrats or Republicans were practicing on the field. So he comes up to Duncan and says, hey, those people practicing on this field over there, are they Republicans or are they Democrats? Duncan said that he told the man, Uh, that it was the Republican team. And according to Duncan, uh, the man then got in his car and left. Hodgkinson, armed with a semi-automatic rifle and a handgun, sprayed at least 50 rounds at the field uh, from behind the third base dugout, turning the laid-back practice for a charity baseball game into a scene of horror. So he opened fire using a semi-automatic rifle and a handgun, on this team of Republican congressmen. After 10 terrifying minutes, Hodgkinson, an Illinois man who had raged about Republicans on Facebook and volunteered for Bernie Sanders' campaign, was wounded in a gunfight with two Capitol Police officers and later died. Both cops were injured. So not only did he open fire on congressional Republicans, he also opened fire on... Uh, capital security. This is a man who clearly detested the Republican Party and wanted to do harm to our Republican elected officials. He was targeting them specifically. Senator Rand Paul told MSNBC at the time, quote, there was a rapid rapid succession of shots Five or ten shots. In the field, I see Representative Scalise is shot but uh, moving, and he's trying to drag himself through the dirt and out into the outfield. Others scrambled for cover, hiding behind trees and cars as bullets flew by. Unbelievable. I hope m- many of you probably do remember this, but I- I'm sure some of you probably don't. But that that was... A, a very, very dark day. That was a terrifying news story to wake up to. 
on June 14, 2017. Or not wake up to it. I, I understand it happened later on in the day. I believe. No, it, it was early in the morning, 7 a.m. So here's my point, folks. That was a terrible, terrible occurrence. Why weren't Democrats at the time interested in creating, I don't know, a GOP shooting commission? A congressional baseball game shooting commission? Why weren't they interested at the time? They talked about it, they reported on it, but they didn't go as far as what they're now doing with the January 6th storming of the Capitol. They didn't introduce any kind of legislation to further investigate or anything like that. And I just want to know why. I just want to know why. Why now are they looking to establish a commission to investigate what happened on January 6, 2021, but they didn't do the same damn thing or even talk about doing the same thing back in 2017 when several GOP congressmen were shot during a baseball game? Or shot at, I should say. Can someone explain this to me? What's this really about? What's going on here, folks, is the liberals are a bunch of partisan snakes. They're they're trying to prolong this conversation about what took place on January 6th for as long as they possibly can. And the reason that they want this country to continue talking about the storming of the Capitol is because they can use it to their advantage. They can exploit it politically. What do I mean by that? Well, so far, pointing to what happened on January 6th, they were able to kick Donald Trump off of almost every single social media uh, platform. I think actually every single one. I don't know where Donald Trump is hosted now except his own website. Twitter kicked him off, Facebook kicked him off, and just extended his ban for another six months. And they all used the January 6th storming of the Capitol as justification for this censorship of Donald Trump. See what I mean? By talking about this, by by having this as something that they can point to, they can justify further censorship, further propaganda they can use it to justify Donald Trump never uh you know serving as president again it's it's politically expedient for them they can exploit it the longer they talk about it and so they're creating this commission so that the conversation never ends or at least no time soon that's what they're doing that's what they're doing they're snakes these people They don't really give a damn about investigating what really happened or preventing future uh, assaults. If they really did care, back in 2017, they would have been talking about this when Republicans were shot at. There are a bunch of partisan snakes, ladies and gentlemen. And as if that weren't bad enough, there were 35 House Republicans who voted to establish the January 6th commission. 35 Republicans in the House. I'm going to read them by name. These are people who don't understand the left. These are people who don't understand what they're trying to do. These are people who, in my opinion, give the the liberals too much credit. Give them too much credit. 
and try to reason with them and 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 uh, negotiate with them. Here are the 35 House Republicans who voted for the bill. Tom Rice of South Carolina, Dan Newhouse, Cliff Bentz of Oregon, Tom Reed of New York, Peter Meyer, Adam Kinzen, uh, Kinzinger, that idiot, big Trump hater, John uh, Katko of New York, Dusty Johnson of South Dakota, Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania, Anthony Gonzalez of Ohio, Jamie uh, Butler of Washington, uh, Chris Jacobs of New York, Steve Womack, Stephanie Bice, Andrew Garbarino, Liz Cheney. Surprising, huh? Good thing we got her ass kicked out of her leadership role. David Valadeo, uh, Chris Smith, Fred Upton, Marionette Miller-Meeks, Rodney Davis, Don Bacon, Van Taylor of Texas, Tony Gonzalez of Texas, Mike Simpson, uh, Maria uh, Salazar of Florida, John Curtis of Utah, Michael Guest, French Hill, David Joyce, David McKinley, Blake Moore, Trey Hollingsworth, Jeff Fortenberry, and Carlos uh, Gimenez of Florida. Those are the 35 uh, House Republicans who voted to advance this January 6th commission so that we can further investigate what happened. They don't understand that liberals are just using this as a tool to attack Republicans. That's what they're going to do. That's what they have been doing. I mean, honestly, I some folks, it's hard to believe that these people aren't living under a rock. They see how the Democrats have used the January 6th storming of the Capitol for political purposes to censor opposition. They see it with their own eyes. It's happening. Before our very eyes, it's happened to Donald Trump, countless other conservatives who dare to question the, uh, the integrity of the election. Their, their posts on social media are immediately taken down because you can't talk about that because it might incite more violence. They point to the January 6th riots. And yet you still have 35 House Republicans who don't see it who don't see it, who don't understand this game that the liberals are playing. 35 House Republicans. The 10 House Republicans, by the way, who voted to impeach former President Donald Trump also voted for the commission to investigate the riots on January 6th. So all 10 House Republicans who voted to impeach Trump also voted to... uh, to advance this this commission. Big surprise, huh? Big surprise. This is why we need to kick these rhinos out of our party, folks. This is why we need to get them the hell out, because they're not fighters. They're people who wave the white flag and cozy up to leftists, cozy up to the Democrats. Always willing. Always willing 
to take a giant step forward and stab conservatives in the back. That's what these people do. Those 35 House Republicans, all those names I just read, those people should be ashamed of themselves. Absolutely ashamed of themselves. It's a disgrace. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is the Jason Veely Program. Conservatives, how many times have you been called a racist by someone on the left? What about sexist, bigoted, homophobic, xenophobic, right-wing radical extremist? These are all buzzwords that liberals use as a means of labeling conservatives as something that they're not. And let me tell you something, I, like most of you, am getting pretty damn sick of it. That's why I started my own conservative comedy series, Living with a Liberal. Hosted on the popular video sharing app TikTok, Living with a Liberal features two fictional characters, played by yours truly, whose political differences could not be more obvious. It's a comedic take on the modern-day liberal Democrat, because if they can brand us as racists and bigots, we can brand them as triggered, oversensitive snowflakes. Check out Living with a Liberal today on TikTok. Just search Jason Veely and you'll be taken right to my homepage. I have over 100 episodes on there, so you won't be short on content anytime soon. Enjoy. Are you a pissed-off liberal that wants to give me a piece of your mind? Or maybe you're a conservative that simply has a question or comment. Either way, you should know that there's a few different ways you can reach me. Feel free to send me an email at thejasonveleyprogram at gmail.com. Or, if you prefer, you can also call the show number and leave me a voicemail. 860-266-2852. Be sure to provide your name and where you're writing or calling from. Thanks a lot. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. Did you guys hear that Joe Biden the other day was filmed during a game of golf at a course in uh, in Delaware, hitting the ball backwards? <laughs> did, did you guys see this video? That, I mean, it's gone viral across social media. I actually saw it on uh, the Gateway Pundit. Um, they They reported on it. It's it's absolutely hysterical. Absolutely hysterical. The video shows Joe Biden just doing a simple chip, you know, chip shot onto the green uh, during a game of golf in Delaware. And the ball, instead of going forward, somehow goes backwards behind him and not like a not a few inches. I mean, it goes like a good 10 feet behind him. <laughs> and it was one of the more pathetic things I've seen. Now, look, I'm not a pro golfer. I don't profess to be one. Um, I have played occasionally. I'm not horrible. Uh, grew up, I you know, I, I took lessons when I was younger. Um, I've hit, I've hit bad balls before. Bad, you know, bad shots going gone left, gone right, gone into the, into the water. I've hit trees before the sand trap. I've never hit a ball and had it go directly behind me that is that is just incredible and you could bet your ass that if Donald Trump had been filmed doing something like this it would be all over the news the media would uh, would be talking about it SNL other late night shows late night liberal talk shows they'd be having a heyday 
But it's Joe Biden, and uh, you know, you gotta protect the dear leader, don't you know? No, 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 we can't make fun of him at all. Speaking of Joe Biden, he recently uh, gave a speech, delivered remarks, um, at a bill signing ceremony for the Asian hate crimes bill. This is from earlier today. And uh, at, at one point during his remarks, he randomly just starts getting loud. Just like yelling. I mean, it goes from zero to a hundred out of nowhere. And it's pretty awkward, if I'm being completely honest. It's, it's a little cringy. I want you to listen to this from earlier today. We're unique among all nations in that we are uniquely a product of a document. Not an ethnicity, not a religion, not a geography, of a document. And think about this. I'm being literal. Uniquely a product of a document that says we hold these truths to be self-evident. Let me stop. Whenever I hear a liberal Democrat recite something from our founding documents talk about the founding fathers or uh, the constitution or anything like I, I, I just, I can't help but, cr- but cringe. I can't help but cringe because these people every second of every day are doing everything they can to us- usurp our constitution and to absolutely destroy it. And yet they have the audacity to go out there and talk about it as if they're big champions of the constitution and Liberty as if they're big champions of what our founding fathers envisioned for the country. But no, here's Joe Biden, one of the biggest radicals to ever sit in the Oval Office, a person who is a, 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 a threat to freedom, liberty in this country. Here's Joe Biden talking about our founding documents. Yes, yes. That all men and women are created equal. Yeah, you believe all this, right, Joe? Endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, including life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. All right, get ready. Every time we're silent, (laughs) every time we let hate flourish, we make a lie of who we are as a nation. I mean it literally. We cannot let the very foundation of this country continue to be eaten away. Of course. Like it has been in other moments in our history and happening again. Watch the video if you get a chance. Um, He has this, this scowl on his face. I don't know. Folks, I don't know about you, but whenever I hear Joe Biden, like, immediately get loud, and start yelling like that. I just, I cringe. It comes across to me, again, I don't know about you guys, but to me, it comes across as insincere. It comes across as a man who is desperately, desperately trying to, like, I don't know, create quotes that'll somehow make the history books. Give inspirational lines that'll go down in history. That, that's how it comes across to me. I don't know about you. But it's like he's he's forcing the I, I I don't know it's it just feels so forced and weird to me 
when Joe Biden just out of nowhere. Sounds like a homeless person out on the streets, honestly. Ever walk past a, a homeless person that's like, I don't know, just got done shooting up and they're they're yelling about some nonsense? Well, that's Joe Biden. That's Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's move on to this. Uh, Alex Marlowe of uh, Breitbart just came out with a new book called Breaking the News, Exposing the Establishment Media's Hidden Deals and Secret Corruptions. I really want to get my hands on this book. It sounds very, very interesting, but uh, it, it just came out, and he's already released a couple of bombshells about the media that he talks at length about in his book. Um, and I, I want to talk a little bit about them here. Both of these articles that I'm going to cover uh, were published on Breitbart. This first one is regarding M- or uh, not MSNBC. Is it uh, is he on NBC? I think it's yeah NBC's Chuck Todd. Didn't he used to be on MSNBC or am I am I mistaken? I don't know. But anyway, first story is about NBC's Chuck Todd and Amy Klobuchar who was uh, a candidate for uh, for the Democrats during the 2020 primaries. Uh, and she's also a U.S. senator. Listen to this. In 2008, shortly after becoming a U.S. senator, Amy Klobuchar uh, and her husband uh, began renting a house in Arlington, Virginia, from Chuck Todd, then NBC News' political director. Marler writes that he unveils the ties between Todd and Democratic campaigns in his explosive new book, Breaking the News, uh, Exposing the Establishment Media's Hidden Deals and Secret Corruptions. After Klobuchar's campaign announcement, Todd offered viewers his analysis of Klobuchar's candidacy. Her biggest asset, according to Todd, location, location, location. According to Page Six, which first reported the relationship, Klobuchar and her husband paid the Todds $3,200 a month because, again, Chuck Todd was their landlord. This relationship went undisclosed for years, even though Todd went on to question Klobuchar at least eight times on air during her 2020 campaign, including as the moderator of two of the primary debates. Conflict of interest much, ladies and gentlemen? Here are some specific dates. On June 26, 2019, Todd was one of the NBC moderators of the primary debate in which Klobuchar appeared. On March 17, 2019, Todd sat down with Klobuchar in Waterloo, Iowa to discuss the campaign in a one-on-one interview that was aired on NBC. On July 7, 2019, Klobuchar appeared on Meet the Press to discuss her candidacy uh, from New Hampshire. I'm assuming from her home in New Hampshire. On September 8th, 2019, Todd interviewed Klobuchar in studio on Meet the Press. On December 1, 2019, Klobuchar appeared on Meet the Press, this time to discuss impeachment. On January 23rd, 2020, Klobuchar again discussed impeachment with Todd. Three days later, on January 26th, 2020, Klobuchar again appeared on Meet the Press to talk impeachment. Finally, on February 19, 2020, Chuck Todd was once again 
a moderator for a primary debate in which Klobuchar appeared. This was not Todd's, first of all, let, let me talk about this. This is a huge conflict of interests. And what's striking to me is that Chuck Todd didn't disclose this. Even though he went on to moderate debates that Klobuchar uh, was participating in, asking her specifically questions, even though they had a an, an ongoing media relationship, uh, Chuck Todd did not disclose their personal relationship, wherein he was their landlord for Klobuchar and her husband. That's a major conflict of interest, ladies and gentlemen. And honestly, NBC News should do something about this. Now, are they going to do something about it? Probably not. Probably not. They're just going to pass this off as another right-wing conspiracy and look the other way and continue moving on. Nothing will happen to Chuck Todd, but something perhaps should. He should at least face some kind of consequence, right, for not disclosing this and for going on to moderate certain debates. It's a major conflict of interest. I mean, what the hell was he thinking? It's unbelievable. This was not Todd's only financial connection to the uh, Democratic campaigns. Marlowe goes on. Chuck Todd's wife, uh, Christian Denny, uh, is a Democratic campaign consultant. So Chuck Todd's wife is a Democratic campaign consultant. According to Open Secrets, uh, his wife's firm called Maverick Strategies was paid over $900,000 by the Bernie Sanders campaign in 2020 and over $1.5 million from Sanders in 2016, among many examples. More bombshell details on NBC News' deep ties to the Democrat establishment can be found in Breaking the News, uh, the book, which is out now. And I, I encourage you guys to check it out. I'm probably going to end up buying it because it sounds real interesting. Um, it's filled with these kind of these kind of bombshell stories that that I think more and more people need to need to know about. So Chuck Todd, he's a sleazeball. Okay, he's an absolute sleazeball. If NBC had a an ounce of integrity. If any of their producers or executives at NBC had an ounce of integrity, they would at least condemn Chuck Todd for not disclosing his personal relationship with Klobuchar before these 2020 primary debates and so on and so forth, or these interviews that he did with her. And, hey, they might even look into the fact that his wife owns a is a Democratic campaign consultant and was paid off by the Bernie Sanders campaign. Over $2 million. Conflict of interest much? You betcha. You betcha. Then there's this. Another bombshell. Again, this is uh, from the same book, Breaking the News, Exposing the Establishment uh, Media's Hidden Deals and Secret Corruption. Michael Bloomberg and his top associates at his namesake news conglomerate, Bloomberg LP, have regularly met in Beijing with top Chinese Communist Party officials and propagandists, 
according to the Chinese government. Mm -hmm. So this book is asserting, based on a year-long investigation, so, you know, it's not just a conspiracy theory, based on a year-long investigation asserting that Bloomberg, Bloomberg staffers, um, have connections and have regularly met with communists from China, from the Communist Party in China, in Beijing to be more specific. According to documents that uh, were reviewed by Marlowe while he was researching for the book, these propagandists in Beijing regulate Bloomberg LP and control the extent to which the former Democrat mega-donor turned presidential candidate's business can access the gigantic Chinese market. Michael Bloomberg himself has spoken favorably, even glowingly, about China, China's president and other top Beijing officials. Well, now we know why. They're working together. Probably getting boatloads of money from, from the Chinese communist regime in exchange for favorable reporting. That's no doubt what's going on here. doesn't take an idiot. It doesn't take a, well, I should say a rocket scientist to understand it. Uh, let's see. In the book, Marlowe reveals details of a year-long investigation into corporate media conducted with a small team of researchers. Among the book's numerous bombshells, he reports on the true extent to which America media outlets are willing to go to curry favor with the communist regime in China. At these meetings, according to the Chinese government, the CCP and Bloomberg officials discussed, among other topics, quote, cooperation in the field of media, mm-hmm. the introduction of Chinese stories to the world, and strengthening media cooperation between China and the U.S. So this is China's way of paying off uh, establishment media outlets in the United States in order to promote their agenda, essentially. Again, this isn't; these aren't just random uh, Chinese officials. They're talking with communists here. The people at Bloomberg talking with Chinese communists about getting more exposure, about, what the hell do they call it? Cooperation in the field of media, introduction of Chinese stories to the world. This is their way of spreading Chinese communist propaganda to the world. And Bloomberg and his staffers are apparently just fine with it. Just fine with it. Just cut us a check. We're fine with it. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And the article goes on to list specifics with dates and all about the meetings that took place between Bloomberg staffers and, and Chinese propagandists and, and communists, what happened during these meetings, what was said, what was agreed upon. Check out the article. It's on Breitbart. It's a bombshell story. The, the headline is Bombshell Photos. By the way, they have photos of these meetings. Okay, so this is pretty in-depth stuff. Bombshell photos reveal years of meetings between Bloomberg executives and Chinese propagandists in Beijing. They're sellouts, folks. They're absolutely sellouts. Again, from the book from uh, Alex Marlowe. 
Um, a lot of bombshells in this book, folks. A lot of bombshells. I encourage you to check it out. No one's paying me to say this, by the way. Um, I'm just encouraging you to check out the book because it sounds interesting. And I genuinely believe that this is information that all Americans need to hear. So check it out. It's available now. Breaking the News by Alex Marlowe. I'll be back in just a minute. Stick with me. Are you a pissed off liberal that wants to give me a piece of your mind? Or maybe you're a conservative that simply has a question or comment. Either way, you should know that there's a few different ways you can reach me. Feel free to send me an email at thejasonveelyprogram at gmail.com. Or, if you prefer, you can also call the show number and leave me a voicemail. 860-266-2852. Be sure to provide your name and where you're writing or calling from. Thanks a lot. I look forward to hearing from you. Conservatives, how many times have you been called a racist by someone on the left? What about sexist, bigoted, homophobic, xenophobic, right-wing radical extremist? These are all buzzwords that liberals use as a means of labeling conservatives as something that they're not. And let me tell you something, I, like most of you, am getting pretty damn sick of it. That's why I started my own conservative comedy series, Living with a Liberal. Hosted on the popular video sharing app TikTok, Living with a Liberal features two fictional characters, played by yours truly, whose political differences could not be more obvious. It's a comedic take on the modern-day liberal Democrat, because if they can brand us as racists and bigots, we can brand them as triggered, oversensitive snowflakes. Check out Living with a Liberal today on TikTok. Just search Jason Veely and you'll be taken right to my homepage. I have over 100 episodes on there, so you won't be short on content anytime soon. Enjoy. Mike and Crystal. Hey Mike, have you heard of the Jimmy Z Show? Yeah Crystal, the Jimmy Z Show is awesome. Which topic do you like most? I like them all. They are all lots of fun. Do you have a favorite? I just like Jimmy Z. His voice is so hot. Okay, but what about his politics? What politics? The politics he talks about on the Jimmy Z Show. I never noticed any politics. All I hear is the velvety smooth dulcet tone of Jimmy Z's sizzling, sexy, scintillating voice. Holy mackerel. The Jimmy Z Show. The Jimmy Z Show is available on Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, and iTunes. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. You know, folks, I tell you, the mainstream media really is rotten to the core. They, they are so... Beyond corrupt, so far lost, so far gone. It's 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 hard to imagine that we're ever going to restore integrity in the media at all. Um, and when I say that, I mean the existing media. I understand that there's a lot of great new new media uh, platforms emerging um, on on a consistent basis. You know, I I think about Newsmax uh, TV, and I think about OAN. Um, that's phenomenal. But I'm talking about the networks that have been around for decades, what we call the establishment media. I don't think there's any hope for them at this point. I think they're so far gone, um, just completely overridden with corruption. 
corruption to the core, making backroom deals with leftists and, and in the case of Bloomberg, Chinese propagandists, um, different politicians in bed with the, with the leftists in Washington, D.C. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. It really makes you wonder, you know, how often does this stuff happen? How often is is this sort of thing going on? I mean, for example, what happened between Chuck Todd and Amy Klobuchar? Is that a normal occurrence for, for relationships like that to exist between a uh, political candidate and media figures and for it to not be disclosed publicly? Is this normal? How often does this sort of thing happen? We need answers, folks. I mean, at, at some point, we're going to have to start one way or another weeding this crap out of the media. We're going to have to... I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm really at a loss. I say we're going to have to start weeding it out, but then I go back. On the flip side, I think, how are we going to weed this out? It's, it's so embedded in the establishment media... It, it might be a lost cause. So, I, I don't know. It just, it's, it's shocking. It's, it's horrifying to think about and to read about and learn about all, all these, this crap that goes on. People paying each other off, back deals. It's horrible. All right, let me end with this. Story from The Federalist that caught my attention. The Boston Celtics posted a picture on social media of star point guard Kemba Walker sporting a Don't Tread on Me flag uh, shirt. It was Don't Tread on Me flag shirt. Um, And then the, the photo quickly got deleted after receiving backlash on Twitter. So Kemba Walker posted a a picture of him wearing a, uh, a, uh, don't tread on me flag shirt. And um, there was backlash on, on Twitter and it was subsequently taken down. We see this time and time again. It's nothing new, but still worth talking about. The Celtics, by the way, it wasn't on Kemba Walker's account that this photo was posted to. It was on the uh, official Celtics Twitter account. They shared the picture of Walker before a game against the Washington Wizards, um, again, wearing the Don't Tread on Me shirt. When Walker was asked about the shirt, he claimed he wore it because he was a fan of the colorway and the way it looked. Fair enough. NBA reporter Jared uh, Weiss tweeted, quote, Kemba Walker was asked about wearing this jacket, which has a flag associated with far-right politics. And by the way, that flag that we're talking about, the Don't Tread on Me flag, I have it hanging up right behind me every time I sit down behind this microphone. Just so you know, call me a right-wing extremist all you want. Um, this idiot, Jared Weiss, and NBA reporter, went on to say uh, on Twitter, Kemba's answer made it pretty apparent that he has no idea what the flag means, saying that he liked the colors and the way it looked, no message meant by it. What does the flag mean? I mean, honestly, do, do these people know what they're talking about? Don't tread on me was a rallying cry from the revolution. 
It's all about freedom. It's all about saying, government, get the hell away from me. Take a step back. Let me live my life. I want to be free. Not going to live under tyranny. That's what that flag is all about. But no, the media has spun it. It's all about far right-wing radical politics today. Mm-hmm. And so there was backlash. Let me, I'm just trying to skim through the article here because we don't have time to read the whole thing. Uh, there was backlash. People uh, weren't happy with the the picture that was posted on the Celtics account. And they ended up taking it down. They ended up taking it down. Now, meanwhile, these NBA players can wear BLM attire all they want. Hell, they could probably get away with uh, wearing Antifa attire if, if that is such a thing. They could get away with it. No problem. As a matter of fact, the NBA... Um, you know, I mean, you watch these games, they have the big banners, Black Lives Matter, that's no, you know, and racism and, and all the rest. That's no problem. These messages aren't, a, you know, are, are no problem at all. But when a picture is posted of one of their star players sporting a symbol that stands for freedom and liberty, that's a big problem, and they take it down. That's the... That's the country we're living in today, folks. It's real sad, but it's it's the reality of things. All right, folks, I want to thank you very much for listening. I'll be back on Tuesday for another episode of the Jason Bealey Program. Have a great weekend. God bless, and God save this great nation.